Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pet Working, a podcast focused on pet care and animal health. I'm here today with uh, an exciting introduction that we've been teasing uh, since the start of the show. Uh, I did promise when we introduced Pet Working that it would feature contributions uh, from my longtime colleague of five years, Jessica Stewart, and we are finally delivering on that promise today. So I am here uh, to introduce uh, the world to Jess, who uh, will be helping me out uh, with her expertise in the field of animal diagnostics. Um, prior to joining Maya Strategy five years ago, uh, Jess was a diagnostic support consultant at IDEX uh, for about five years as well. Uh, right, Jess? Yes, that's correct. Um, it's been a long time uh, since I've been at IDEX, but yes, diagnostic support consultant um, was my role when I was there. Um, so I was supporting both um, in-house diagnostics, so the in-clinic analyzers, but also the reference labs, reference labs side of the IDEX business as well. Great. Well, I, I know your your experience in diagnostics has been really valuable to us here at Maya. Uh, we do a lot of work on the human uh, diagnostic side of the spectrum, and your expertise in animal health diagnostics is translated nicely uh, over to human health diagnostics. Um, and now, you know, here, years later, um, we are fully leveraging uh, the depth of your expertise, um, you know, as you've been supporting me in the pet care uh, and animal health practice. Um, so Jess, um, I, I know, you know, the impetus for this conversation uh, was some episodes that we're going to have coming up, um, but just prior to, uh, to getting on here, you had emailed me an article um, about a uh, new startup coming out of Raleigh, uh, which is where your sister lives, I think, um, Oncotect. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, it's actually, it was very ironic that I came across the article. Um, you know, I will be in Raleigh this weekend, actually visiting some my sister and, and some family. So pretty ironic there. Um, but yeah, this, this new tech uh, company called Oncotect, um, they actually just recently rebranded um, so some may be familiar with their previous name, which was An Animal Cancer uh, DX Diagnostics. Um, they developed a can uh, canine cancer screening test. Um, so it is a screening test um, to determine risk. Um, basically, uh, the results are kind of low, medium, or high, um, bucketing you know the patient's results into you know risk level for um, developing cancer. Um, you know, a staggering statistic. Um, you know, one in four dogs will develop cancer um, in their lifetime, and that goes up. You know, with with age, obviously. So, fifty percent of dogs over the age of ten years um, will develop cancer. So, you know, definitely a, a need um, for this in the, the veterinary space. I've seen other companies come out with it too, um, but this one is is really focused on urine. Um, and actually, what's fascinating about it is they're using roundworms um, to help quantify um, and to to test this. So. Um, these roundworms have an amazing sense of smell, um, and they're able to detect the cancer in the sample um, based on the odor molecules that are released by the cancerous um, cells. Um, so they, they're able to quantify that, um, the preferential behavior towards that urine, um, determining you know, if that, that canine excuse me, may have um, a predisposition towards cancer. Um, so I thought that was extremely interesting. A lot of the other tests that are out there, um, we've seen, you know, oncocanine and volitions tests um, for just examples um, that are using blood um, as the sample, um, which, you know, is, is great, um, definitely as options. But, you know, as a um, kind of speaking with my vet hat on, I'm not a vet, but speaking with my vet hat on, those, you know, can be hard um, draws to, to pull. Blood is, is not fun to pull from a canine, let alone for me as a human. So <laughs> um, urine, I thought it was just a, a great kind of development, you know, that we're seeing in the veterinary space. Right. Now, now, I know, you know, obviously, 
urine probably preferable to blood, but urine also uh, not a, not an easy specimen to catch either. And, and I think I read in the article that you sent um, that Oncotech is actually looking to roll this out on the uh, the D to C, the the home care side of things as well. Yes. Um, talk to us. You know, uh, what's the what's the mechanism that they're collecting the urine through? Yeah. So they are on the way that gets this test is set up, you know, using a urine sample. That is something that a pet um, pet owner or pet parent, you know, would be able to collect at home. So it, it does, you know, lend nicely to both a D to C offering um, as well as, you know, an in-clinic, um, you know, vet part of a vet exam. Um, but, you know, as the at-home testing option, obviously, you know, you're you're um, going to collect this, what they call free catch. Um, so this is, you know, essentially following your dog to, you know, their spot that they're choosing to urinate and just collecting it, you know, uh, midstream um, and collecting enough of the sample. I think it was one milli milliliter um, of urine that, that they would need to run this test. So, you know, it could go either way, being a vet exam um, or, you know, something that you could do at home with your own pet. And when we're doing it at home with our own pet, um, you know, that's pretty much following your dog around with a uh, a sterile cup and uh, yes. and hoping you can, yes. can get it in there. Exactly. Yeah. So definitely a little bit stressful, maybe for both both sides. Mom, why are you following me around? And, you know, the dog, you know, the trying to kind of find them and, and hit the stream. So, yes, um, a little bit right. difficult, but certainly possible. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, uh, you know want to take all the precautions in the world. And I know I've mentioned on previous episodes, uh, Peony is a, a cancer survivor and, um, that has driven a lot of my interest, um, in the cancer diagnostic space. I know when we were at Western vet, uh, earlier this year, I was, I was blown away and posted on LinkedIn about the HESCA and Volition Veterinary, uh, NUQ partnership, um, just because of the, the, rapid turnaround time that that test can provide. And uh, I, I think we're going to be talking um, to, to Ben Hantler at HESCA next week um, and, and recording an episode with him. So we're, we're really excited about that. But um, from a personal perspective, I know when, when Peony was diagnosed with melanoma, we, you know, we did the cytology sample and it took days to get those results back. And it, and it was a really agonizing period of wondering, you know, is this strange lump that we found cancerous or not. Um, so I think that that technology has tons of potential. And I, I know, um, you know, uh, Ben and the team at HESCA are, are really excited to, to talk to us about it. And uh, I'm equally as excited to, uh, to have a chance to sit down with them and, and discuss it more. Um, I think the other thing you, you mentioned, you know, and, and kind of letting folks know where we're going to be going in uh, upcoming episodes here on pet working is the idea of D2C diagnostics. And um, we're going to be taking a look uh, on the D2C side of things. Um, they sell through veterinary clinics as well. But um, while we were at uh, Global Pet this spring, we, uh, we talked to Animal Biome. Uh, who has both a veterinary and at-home microbiome gut health test um, that is collected with a fecal sample. Um, and that's pretty easy. Uh, you, you scoop the poop up in the bag. Um, they actually sent me a, a complimentary kit. Um, I took the sample with Peony last weekend, and uh, we're going to be setting up some time uh, it's still still the end of May here, but we're going to be setting up some time in June to, to talk to the folks at Animal Biome uh, about their technology, how they view the D2C diagnostic market, the differences and challenges of selling uh, in both the veterinary space as well as at home and D2C. So that will be exciting as well. 
Looking forward to that one. Definitely. The results coming back for Peony. I'm very eager to see those. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm eager to see it too. I, um, I know we've done, you know, a lot of work, um, you know, in terms of advising on D2C diagnostic solutions and, uh, up until now, you know, it, D2C diagnostics have largely been in the human health space. And so we've done a lot of analysis looking uh, at companies like Everly Health and uh, Everly Well and Viome um, and uh, True, uh, I think it's True Diagnostic, um, you know, epigenetic solutions and things like that. Um, but it, it is interesting now kind of seeing this D2C diagnostic trend proliferate into the pet space, um, you know, as a diagnostic support consultant, you know, you were largely working with veterinarians. What, what are your thoughts around, you know, I know there's a lot of hesitancy around the acceptance of D2C diagnostic solutions, um, both on the human health side of things and, and within the veterinary community. Talk, talk to us a little bit about why that is the case and, and what's your opinion on the utility of D2C diagnostics? Yeah, I think it's really similar across both the human and the animal market, right? I mean, you have, you know, taking a test, think of a COVID test, right? Me taking it for myself at home, um, you know, to see if I'm able to go into work tomorrow, you know, I have symptoms, you know, it's it's the same thing, right? There's there's sample quality issues that you might run into if I'm not going up high enough with, this, with, the, um, with the swab, you know, there's um, things that could be interferences that may interference with the test. If I'm on, you know, a certain drug or if I'm taking steroids for, you know, something else that may be impacting. So those are the kinds of things like as my time as a DSC, um, diagnostic support consultant, were the things that we were, you know, talking to the, to the veterinarians about, you know, things you have to consider that are the test, um, you know, the sample collection, right? How are you going to get it? What type is it going to be? Is it feasible to get that from the patient? Um, you know, and then also two interferences. I think those are probably the two biggest things. And I think that you could run into that easily, you know, just as you can on the human side, um, in the pet world too, and in collecting samples um, and sending them in for your patient or for your pet rather. So I think those are some of the, the challenges, but I, I definitely think that it opens up this just kind of new route that we can take where there might be screening tests that are, you know, um, a little bit more re resilient and can take some of those. And then it might be just like, okay, I got some maybe not good results. I need to follow up with my vet, right? And that gets you in front of a vet who can get more, you know, diagnostic tools involved and has that expertise to be able to make a proper diagnosis if need be. So I think it's, it's a great um, starting point, but, you know, I think that, you know, following up with a vet or obviously a doctor um, after that to confirm those results is, is really the, the most valuable piece of it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, you know, I, I think it's one of those things that we're in the early stages, right? And people are, you know, flexing their muscles, so to speak, and acclimating to this new introduction of patients, whether they be human or animal, um, becoming more involved in the direction of their care. And, um I think, you know, on the human health side of things, we're becoming more and more comfortable with being advocates for our own care and, and understanding that our doctors are very busy and that if, if we can be knowledgeable about our own health um, and work with them as a partner, we're going to arrive at better health outcomes. But we're still seeing, you know, because of the reasons you mentioned with sample quality and things like that, doctors being a little bit more reluctant to the introduction of, of D2C uh, diagnostics. And I think it's a similar thing on the animal health side. Um, but I think there's probably still a lot of room. And, and one of the big goals I, I had in launching pet working was making pet parents greater and more informed advocates in their pet's health. Because 
it's hard enough to stay on top of your own health, but, uh, you know, and your kids and your dogs and things like that. Um, you know, so I think a lot of times people do just rely on the recommendations of their veterinarian, but your vet is similarly busy, just like a doctor. And so if, if you can become a, a more knowledgeable, uh, informed advocate for your pet's health, using vetted sources, um, like we bring on the show here at Pet Working, um, you're going to be able to contribute to a greater quality of life, hopefully a longer lifespan for your pet. Um, but it, you know, it really does require making sure that, that you are getting your information from vetted quality expert sources, but then also leveraging that to, to be an advocate, um, and, and work as a partner with your vet, uh, to deliver the best quality of life for your pet. I agree. Yeah, I think the empowering of, of pet, you know, I think I think there's been an evolution, right? Like pet owners now to pet parents, you know, taking them in as if they were their kids. Um, you know, that kind of idea has really has really come through, especially after the pandemic, um, you know, when there was that boom of, of pet adoption. So um, I think it's really nice to see people wanting to take that kind of position of advocacy for their parent for their pets. And um, I think it empowers the pet owner too, honestly, or the pet parent um, to be able to learn how they can best take care of their pet. Of their pet. Um, I keep wanting to say patient, but that is the vet, a uh, pet, um, and being able to, you know, really be um, an advocate for them and their medical needs and, and health needs. Yeah, no, it, it's so true. I mean, I, I say pet owner from time to time, but <laughs> you know, I, we, we all regard our pets as, as our babies. Now we, we still call Peony our first baby here. Um, <laughs> and I, I often say I would not have been prepared to be a father, uh, if I had not had a dog first. So, um, it, it definitely teaches you a lot in that regard. And, um, you know, they, they are, they are just like your, you know, except for the fact that they can't talk. Um, and sometimes depending on how old your kids are, they listen better, but, um, <laughs> it's, um, it, definitely a, a, a pet parent mindset. So yeah. for sure. Which, which is great. Um, I, I, I think it's great. I'm, I'm not a pet parent. I um, unfortunately lost my, my rabbit a few years ago. Um, she was, she was old. She lived to about 12 years old. So we, she lived a long life with me, but um, I'm not a pet parent currently, but my sister's dog Coda is my furfew, my nephew. So um, yes, we all definitely, <laughs> definitely treat them as if they were our own kids. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I, it, there's, there's definitely, you know, I think a big part of responsible pet ownership is knowing when's the right time to have a pet. Right. Um, and I, I, we adopted Peony six and a half years ago and, and she's the first dog I've ever had. Um, I wasn't allowed to have one growing up and it really didn't make sense in college or when I was renting. Um, but we're, we're, we're super happy to have her now. And, um, yes, I, you know, I know, it's not directly related to cancer diagnostics or D to C diagnostics, but um, maybe the other exciting thing we can uh, we can tease out on the the show here is that um, on the pet nutrition uh, and pet care side of things, uh, we will be at the uh, Pet Sustainability Coalition uh, Impact Unleashed Conference next week in Colorado. I'm super excited uh, for that. Um, seeing what what folks are doing you know in the uh the pet care pet nutrition i, I think there are going to be some animal health companies there as well but um you know sustainability is something that impacts all of us and you know making sure that 
sustainable practices are being followed uh, in the pet care and animal health space and, you know, doing what we can to save the planet is, uh, is super critical. So I'm excited that we're going to be going to that. And um, hopefully, uh, you know, if folks are listening and you want to meet up with us uh, out in Colorado next week, uh, Jess and I will be there. Uh, we can talk about sustainability, diagnostics, uh, anything uh, pet care, or animal health related. We, we'd love to have a chat. Yes, absolutely. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think it's going to be fun. Um, well, thanks everyone for taking the time. Um, just wanted to throw this out there again. Uh, super psyched uh, to finally be able to uh, fulfill the promise of having contributions from Jess on the show. And um, we will look forward to seeing you on future episodes of Pet Working. And uh, for those of you in Colorado next week, look us up. Take care. This is uh, Peter Kenseth. And thanks, Jess Stewart. Thank you, everyone. Signing off. All right. Take care.